from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. Did it again? You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strasser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, an SAP and Acumatica Gold Partner, Stellar One Consulting. If your business is ready to move off QuickBooks, stop doing all those manual double data entry inputs, hit me up, David at TrekBiteBiz.com. Or go to StellarOneConsulting.com or StellarOne.io. Now, let's get back to today's episode. We're chatting about marketing with the M2S framework today. What is M2S? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. So, who do we have today? None other than Austin LaRoche. Austin LaRoche is a CEO of Attack Interactive and creator of M2S Marketing and Sales Framework, a B2B growth system that synchronizes strategy and execution in a simple, pragmatic plan. Based out of Pasadena, California, Attack Interactive is a full-service marketing agency with employees and clients across the globe. Austin is an engaged entrepreneur with a passion for helping other business owners see their vision come to light. His company motto is Strength in Structure, where he and his team watch their clients go from random acts of marketing into an organized operation that can measure and optimize success at each stage of the customer's journey. So, hey, I'm going to shut up. Let's bring Austin right on in here. Business strategy. Austin, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend. You just became shark bait. All right. Thanks so much for having me, David. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. I love talking about marketing. I love talking about sales. So uh, before we kick it off and spill the worms all together, uh, you know, uh, we have a tradition on the show. Very first question we ask every single guest, okay? What's your background? What's your experience? Basically, in a nutshell, what makes Austin Austin? Okay, great. Well, I think the... Uh... The one thing I always like to joke is that I, I have the DNA of an entrepreneur. I've tried to have two jobs. Uh, one, uh, what I was supposed to cold call uh, to help people um, uh, readjust their mortgage. That lasted a day and a half. Uh, another one, I was at a startup, and I had all the ideas and all the energy in the world, and then they got shot down by the founder's wife, and then I realized, oh, my God, I have no control over this. I've got to do my own thing. So my entrepreneurial journey actually starts in the nonprofit world. Uh, I created a, uh, a nonprofit for special needs adults outside the Atlanta area. Both my siblings are special needs and my parents came to me and they said, we really want to start this thing, but we have no idea how to do it. And I said, I don't know how to do it either, but if you pay me, I'll figure it out. Uh, and so we created. So tell you to your parents, you're telling your parents to pay you and you'll figure it out. Yes. Yes, I, I said, bail me out from this mortgage job uh, that I couldn't last a day and a half in, and uh, and I will I will create your vision, and that's essentially what I do now uh, in my marketing company is help people fulfill their vision. So my parents' vision was an afternoon program for special needs adults because uh, in the special needs world, the bus stops coming uh, once. Um, children uh, reach the age of 21, and there's really nothing for my siblings to do, and people like them. And so we created an afternoon recreation program. This was in 
2006, we uh, created it. We launched in 2007. It actually is still open to this day uh, and uh, runs very, very successfully. So that was the first thing that I got to, to launch, the first vision I heard that I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how we actually make this a reality. Quick question. Uh, you've been, it sounds like you've been an entrepreneur pretty much from a young age then. I would assume you went to college and my first job out of college. So I guess I was 20, 22 or 23 years old when we started the, the next stop. Uh, yeah, 23. That That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I could probably go back and forth on uh, hey man, maybe you should have been an apprentice for a lot longer and this whole journey would have been a little easier uh, versus, you know, maybe this is just who you are and you were going to have to fail your way upwards no matter what you did. Yeah, you know, failing your way upwards, uh, and I'm sure that you had plenty of struggles, especially because you're talking about the time that you launched at uh, for the younger people out there. I mean, um, you know, you're talking about the Great Recession that happened in 2008, and that had to have been tough for you to get that, you know, really launch running during that period. So the nonprofit was was okay because we launched it in 2007 and we were able to really get uh, the community behind us and be able to get a lot of funding. But once I launched that, I was uh, no longer in the Atlanta area. And so I uh, had been in grad school uh, and I started working at the Chicago Tribune uh, in something called social media. And it's funny at that time. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, well, social media in 2008, or my my role in it, was to figure out how to get a Tribune story at the top of Dig every single day, uh, as well as retweet something from, that was tweeted out by some character they created called Colonel Tribune. So it was uh, learning, learning how to uh, reach the Chicago area Twitter crowd, as well as getting uh, our stories at the top of dig. And uh, my God, has it, has it changed since then? Uh, but I was able to parlay, yeah, I was able to parlay that into an SEO internship. And so I had a social media internship and an SEO internship. And what was the next step for me to do? Create a marketing agency, because I somehow thought I knew what I was doing. Um, and so I, I created my, my first marketing agency. I moved uh, down to the New Orleans area. And it was more of kind of a content marketing agency. It was called the uh, the Exacta Group, and I worked uh, with some some small businesses there, some franchises, and really helped get them up on um, Facebook and then Instagram and Twitter, and just really started. That was a good business, though. Back back in that time period, that was a pretty good business because a lot of people didn't understand how to do it. That, yes, there was definitely a need. There wasn't necessarily a budget, but there was a need. Um, and, and so it was definitely having to convince uh, different businesses that this is the future and this is an area where you're going to need to invest resources. And, and I did an okay job of that, but I recognized that uh, that model was not going to work. And so I moved out to California in uh, 2011, and I was able to keep all of my customers there and be able to- You've moved around a lot. Not, not since 2011. I've not, well- Okay, okay. I'm not gonna tell you how many times I moved locally, but there was definitely, a, I think I, I moved like 12 times in 12 years uh, at some point uh, in, in different uh, locales. I, I've, moved, I've moved around a lot, um, a lot as well too. So, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't feel bad about that, but- um, one, one thing I wanted to hit on real quick, um, we had, um, I was just looking up his, uh, uh, his, his name, uh, real quick. Uh, cause I remember it's, uh, it's 
right uh, right here's the episode uh it's the founder uh jim johnson that's what it is founder of mr jim's pizza okay and you know when you were talking about uh building facebook pages and stuff like that okay he was somebody that was tech for with Mr. Jim's Pizza, okay? So back, I think he said, if I remember correctly, now I recorded this, this is like episode 65 and your episode probably like 233, I think you'll be. Um, so it was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure that it was around 2011 or so. He actually or uh, put on his website online ordering and he's like, up until COVID, Nobody used it at all, like maybe one order a month. But once COVID hit, it was like, bam, 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 orders like through the roof there. And he was already tech proof. You know, some ideas just have to need, need time for them to, uh, to, to get there. That's, uh, that's incredible. I think that, uh, um, uh, yeah, that's sorry. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but it just it just occurred to me that uh, while you were saying that, I was like, you know what? Like you're you're talking about like the need, the budget, and the future, and like that is a perfect example of someone that's been on the show that went down like, hey, this is the future. This is where things are going to be. Spent the money to develop all this stuff all the way back then. And, you know, pizza is kind of complicated, especially if you're talking like 2011 with all the different options you could do, things like that. You know what I mean? So there's a little competition out there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, continue. Go ahead. It is interesting. Though. I think in hindsight, when I look back uh, and I think of the companies that were really crushing it in social media uh, in, in the early days, let's say 09 to 012, especially at like the local business level, they were the ones that were really crushing it were the ones that were doing it from the inside. They weren't hiring agencies like ours. Like we helped everybody, you know, establish a presence and get some engagement. But I, I do believe even now, I think the best social media and the companies that really leverage social media to attract prospects do it well in-house. That is, that is something I've definitely learned in 15 years of being in social media. The, uh, the other thing I've learned in 15 years of being in social media is I could care less about all of the talk like a pirate days and all that stuff that exists. If, if those all went away tomorrow, I would be the happiest person alive. But uh, <laughs> what, do you mean, what, do you, what do you mean by the talk like a pirate days? Well, I, you know, back when I, you know, so I, I was able to leverage our content uh, marketing agency, the exact group into being acquired by Attack Interactive, which is where I'm at today. And I'm now the CEO and we were able to build a full marketing agency. So full service, we do everything, strategy, dev, uh, uh, marketing, design. Um, and then we do a lot with marketing technology like HubSpot as well. And, you know, when, when I started, everybody really wanted that like outsource social media. And so we would create these things. And, this, and I, I would say all the way up to maybe, God, three or four years ago, we have something where like, hey, our competitor just posted on their LinkedIn that it's customer appreciation day. Where was our customer appreciation day post? And I'm just like, I, you know, we have the calendar for, for all of the, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, dumb social media days. Uh, and I'm sorry that that one was so low on the totem pole that we didn't see it. And 
or or we didn't know it existed. It wasn't on our calendar. It was made up by that company. I don't know. But it seemed like it it seemed like when you were really talking to people about business growth and having really smart decisions, talking about not posting on a social media holiday that the competitor posted on just made you like the conversation made you feel stupid. I was I, I, like, what, how is this actually affecting business growth? Right. And because that's what we try and do all the time. Right. Everything we do is about attaching marketing to the sales, because at the end of the day, our customers want to grow. Like I always joke with them, like if you invest in us, like here are the stakes, you grow or we go like this is the engagement. That's what you want. You want ROI. And if we can't deliver, it's a partnership of growth, a growth partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, as we've been able to evolve, I feel like out of the uh, arguing about social media uh, fake holidays, we've been able to help businesses a lot more in each phase of, of their marketing. And one of the things I like to do is kind of break it down into this really simple format, right? How are we attracting prospects? How are we converting those prospects into opportunities? How are we closing those opportunities into customers? And how are we delighting those customers? And so we take a, like an intense focus on those four components and help people create marketing plans that actually go in, uh, that actually are tied into their sales funnel and really make sense. Like we provide purpose to the market. Uh, okay. Out of those four, I want to pick out two of them. Okay. And I want to talk because I think a lot of companies struggle with this. You have a, an MQL, okay? You get a marketing qualified lead, which is MQL. Um, and you want to get it into a, some companies view these as, as the same. Some companies view it as separate. I guess it just depends on the company that you work on. But you want to get it as an SQL, uh, which would be a sales qualified lead or a, a SAL, a sales accepted lead. You want to get it to that. How do you get those conversions and how do you get a higher conversion rates from those MQLs to the SQLs or SALs? Great. Well, you're going to hear all marketers say the same thing and I'll kind of break it down a little bit more, but you're going to provide value, right? You're going to provide the value that's needed to, uh, I don't, I, I use persuade, but uh, apparently some people have a negative connotation of persuade. Uh, but I, I think you use i'm in sales i don't <laughs> you use value to persuade people to to make the decision you know that's going to, to help them okay because everybody everybody wants to grow everybody wants things to be better right and so you come along and you kind of attract their attention and like you said they become a, an mql but you know maybe they like the where they're at with some things and 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 you're essentially what you're selling is them making a change and some people don't like change. You, I moved around 12 times in 12 years, so you know I'm addicted to change. But not everybody loves change. And so the first thing that I always focus on is what I call social proof, uh, is how can you make people feel more comfortable that in, in believing that you're the one who can solve their problem? And the best way of doing it is showing that there have been people just like them who are in their shoes now that you help take to the promised land that they envision. Case studies, references, things like that. Case studies, references, stories, statistics. Um, and But how should, you, how, how should you display that? Okay, so let's say, I, I guess, let's take a step back from before getting 
to the MQL, okay? Like you have a prospecting list, okay? And you're you're trying to convert the prospect, you know, this prospecting list into MQLs and you're trying to grab their attention. And like, for example, I, we, me, like if I'm prospecting right now, I'm prospecting uh, for ERP leads, for example, uh, for Acumatica and for SAP. And, you know, one of the things that I'm using is some of the testimonial videos or uh, some of our case studies, stuff like that. Like, hey, we helped uh, XXX uh, get to, you know, live on Acumatica in 30 days and off of QuickBooks. And this is how we did it. And, you know, we send things like that to try to grab their attention. I mean, is that an effective way of doing things or not? I think that's how a lot of companies do it. Well, I think that we're all fighting for everyone's attention, right? And if you've got, I don't know how many uh, solicitation emails you get a day, but I know I, I get a ton. Yeah. And so, and so going back to the value is, you know, if you have a prospecting list, like you got to think about what's going to, to, to drive value for them. And then also like figure out where they want to be met. They don't want you to call their phone. They don't want you to email them, but we're in sales and we got to get in front of them somehow. Right. So I think that's where we try and be as creative as possible on how we can drive that, that value. So Maybe it's maybe it's some sort of webinar. Maybe it's going through their LinkedIn and finding a mutual connection and asking if you can make an introduction. Uh, I I think there's a lot of different tactics, but I guess you know it's kind of like that old uh, the saying like treat people the way you want to be treated. I think that works in sales too, right? Uh, I you know I always joke that I'm the ultimate consumer. If you can you know if you can pitch me, but I'm not going to give you a form to pitch me if you interrupt my day with a phone call or or an email. Uh, but if somebody says, hey, I was talking to somebody and based on some conversations we've had in the past, I think you might want to meet this person. I'm listening. I'm, you know, and and so I think there's there's got to referrals are the best. Yeah, re referrals, but even just like those introductions of like of like opening doors and looking through uh, building a prospect list based off of people who know the people that you're uh, that you feel really connected with or that you've or you've driven an impact for. Right. I mean, um, you know, and then there's also there's also sort of certain things that you can do from a technology standpoint, right? If you get the right intent data and you can figure out who's shopping for an ERP, then you can start putting ads in their, uh, you know, in their LinkedIn, or if you want to utilize uh, any of Meta's uh, advertising, you can do that as well. YouTube uh, advertising can be effective. Um, and then, you know, one of the things I'm always always pitching is that it's about ten times easier to market to a need than it is to a demographic. So anything that you can do in your business to get the most out of Google, both on SEO and Google ads, I think is, is a much better way to, uh, to increase your conversion rates uh, when, uh, when, when selling these, because again, you're marketing to a need. You're not marketing to somebody who you just might be able to use your um, uh, um, tool. But I also, you know, with the technology and the intent data that we have, we've never had a better time to get our message into the right person at the right time. 
So we, we have the opportunities. Right, right, right. Understood, understood. So um, first off, uh, that was amazing. That was uh, great. As you notice, I always try to use myself, my experience, uh, businesses I've worked for as examples, just because they are real life examples that I'm sure that many other people have run into, instead of trying to come up with a hypothetical one and think of something fake off the top of my head to come up with, I try to use real examples. So that way, people in the similar situations can kind of follow through because uh, I know it's just more than just me that think, you know, the same way. Um, but uh, let's say, uh, let's change up a little bit. One thing that has uh, caught my attention when I saw your profile, it says creator M2S framework. What does M2S stand for and what is the M2S framework? Awesome. So the M2S framework stands for marketing to sales framework. I know, crazy, but uh, <laughs> the the idea is is to help people get away from what I call brand marketing and like spending way too much time on like what's our message, what's our message, and and really figuring out how do we deploy the right marketing tactics to attract, convert, close, and delight, right? And so it's this kind of four pack four part uh, series, and the first part is just laying the foundation. And I think a lot of people can rack up billable hours trying to help people build their marketing foundation. I try and make it pretty easy, right? Like what is, what are our goals? What's our vision? Like, you know, what's the vision? What, what are our basic comms? Like, do we, can we express our value, uh, value propositions? Do we have social proof that backs up all of our claims? You know, do we at least understand some of our benefits so that we can A-B test some different messaging, all right? And then we break down those buyer personas and people can go crazy with buyer personas. I try not to make it more than, than three, um, you know, but for, in, if anyone's not familiar, this is just kind of segmenting your target audiences and understanding what their desires, obstacles, tendencies are, as well as demographics. And, you know, and then, you know, figuring out how you approach them. And then I think the fourth component of, of that foundation is data, right? It is really understanding, um, you know, the numbers that you need to hit on a weekly, monthly basis to be able to reach your, you know, your annual goals. And, you know, we, we typically help people build out scorecards very similar, like on the EOS model uh, for their marketing. And it's just, it, to us, it's very impactful for us to understand what, what the numbers are that we're trying to hit. Right, because that kind of ties in with the goals and, and where we want to go. So we lay that foundation in part one, and then part two is we create that strategic roadmap for each of those uh, segments. Right, that attract, convert, close the light. We go in and we get tactical. All right, so to attract, we want to run a couple PPC campaigns. We want to do a few webinars uh, within our networking groups. We want uh, to uh, increase our referrals by creating a email newsletter that only goes out to our center of influence, right? And in a if you don't mind stopping right there, okay? Because you're hitting on a hot topic that is for me, and I, again, I assume it's for everybody, referrals, okay? Should you have a formal referral program uh, or should you just be marketing to people, to your clientele, trying to get a you know referrals out of them or asking them for referrals 
I mean, how, what's the ideal way to set up to get referrals from your existing client base? Well, if there was an ideal formula, we'd all be using it and we'd all be making millions and high-fiving in our mansions, right? So the, the, the truth is that everything is a little bit circumstantial and it goes to value, right? And so sometimes you're talking to somebody and you realize, you know, I, I know I've been able to get some referrals where I was, I was like, wow, that's a really big project. Um, you know, I just want to say thanks and I'll, I'll hand them a referral check and I'll see the reaction. And sometimes it's eyes big and whoa, okay. All right. You know, kind of like when you're, uh, if you're like at a, a blackjack table and they bring you a free drink and your first tip is really big so that they keep bringing, you know, it, you know so it's kind of, you know, I, I've seen that, I've seen that work. That works for so, some people. Other people look at you like you're crazy. Hey, I, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I just want to help. And you're like, okay. And then I, I think I probably vibe with those people a little bit more, but I can play in all sandboxes. Um, but I think you have to understand who your referral sources are and, and what they what they value, you know? And then, you know, if you are going to go in that formal uh, paid route, just what, what it's going to take to provide value to both you and that referral source, right? I mean, you know, uh, it, we all appreciate a Starbucks gift card, but if they're uh, money-driven, then you might want to actually cut a big check and recognize that. Right. Or, you know, if you're selling a more high ticket price item, you know, that's where I think, you know, it's got to be more than a $20 Starbucks gift card, for example. Absolutely. I always joke about delighting the customer uh, and even delighting a referral source. It's like educational or experiential, right? Educational is you tell them all of the latest and greatest things that they need to know in your industry. Uh, experiential is you take them to the master's. Uh, you know, <laughs> so it's, uh, it, there, there's all sorts of different ways to delight those refer referral sources, but kind of going to what you were saying, like, I wish there was like one formal way. Uh, but I, I think it kind of goes back to like knowing your audience and providing the, you know, the right value to the right person at the right time. Okay. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Cause, uh, we are running short on time, but there's, I feel like I could talk to you all day and night. Uh, this is such a great conversation. You are, you're brilliant, man. Uh, you really do know your stuff. Uh, so first one I want to ask you is why do so many sales marketing teams struggle to get traction? Um, because sales has always been responsible for the bottom line and marketing traditionally has avoided it. But thanks to the technology and just the, you know, growing, you know, difference and, and, and breaking down those silos and having them more in like the same, like, uh, you know, revenue department, uh, that uh, answers to the CRO um, or you know director of RevOps or whatever. Uh, marketing marketing has to be a lot more responsible to the bottom line than they had before, and a lot of marketers, especially in bigger companies, have been able to like get by on a lot of like the fun brand marketing stuff that they learn from bigger corporations. Uh, you know, oh my gosh, we came up with this site. It took 25 people to come up with this commercial when, you know, one person probably could have done it and it would have been better uh, to begin with. Uh, but I think, I think marketing, I think sales is just kind of always laughing like, ah, finally, these guys, finally, these guys have the same accountability that we have. Uh, but uh, I think that that is that tension has been the most traditional thing in the silo of like, oh, 
we are actually responsible for growing the business and you guys make pretty PowerPoints. Awesome. Uh, you know, so th there is a natural tension, but I think if market, I think marketers have had to shift their mentality more than sales has. Uh, and I think in that, when I see marketing and sales teams working really, really well together, they respect what one another is doing and understand its role in that sales process. There should not be a silo. They should be working together closely, I think. Abs absolutely. They should be saying the exact same thing. They should be completely clear on what that attract, convert, close the light process looks like. And they should be in lockstep. And a lot of what they do is not going to be as dissimilar as it was in the past. Right, right, right. So uh, let's talk about, again... Uh... I can't let sales off the hook on this one, one little little thing. We are now so accustomed in marketing to utilize the CRM for so much automation. And so if there's one knock I'm going to give on why, why sales is, uh, comes up short, it's because they, all they want to do is talk, 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 and sell, 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 sell. And they don't want to update the damn CRM. And so the wrong message can go out to the wrong person at the wrong time because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So sorry, sorry, marketers who are just like, wait a minute, you don't blame us for everything. Sales is, is, is guilty in that regard as well. I yeah, a lot of salespeople do not like updating things like in HubSpot, stuff like that. Uh, I would say, you know, I'm VP of sales and uh, I, I'm pretty strong and pretty good at doing that. It might not always be instant because it could be back to back, back calls. And then, you know, I get it the first thing the next morning, but uh, it's usually updated or I capture every email, you know, things like that. It's so natural. Salespeople are so fun and gregarious and just they want they want to be able to help and you know and they get so much energy selling and talking and then like going and doing the admin stuff it's like you know it's hard to find the dopamine to uh to want to go in and to do that right right because you don't get you don't you know you don't get the uh the goosebumps doing the admin work like you do when you get a sale right uh so last question that that i wanted to ask you is What's the one thing that entrepreneurs should ask marketing and growth consultants that they typically end up overlooking? I would say they, they don't ask for the, they don't really map out what success looks like in the timeline and the results in a very specific manner. And they let marketers get away with, well, once we get in there, we're going to see some things. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say some of my best customers are very blunt. They're very uh, demanding. And they're saying, for us to be able to work together, I need you to be able to drive this amount of leads and or deliver this amount of customers on this timeline. And when you're working with a marketing agency at, in this day and age, in 2024, like that's what, that's what agencies have to deliver. Because like great mess. I mean, it, it used to be different, right? You, you publish a pretty website and everyone goes, wow, that looks great. And now it's like, great. I'm glad it looks good, but is it converting? Like our conversions up, you know, I, I just had to help somebody uh, really. Yes. I, 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 I had a, a company that came to me that like really did transform. They became an industry leader in, uh, in the uh, crypto mining space. And we built their website to make them look like, industry leaders and they had this old like seo url that they used to get to get leads back in the day and i said no you got to grow up like your company is like the big bad wolf now we're gonna 
have your URL is going to be the bigbadwolf.com basically. And we'll work other ways to make sure that your leads are, um, are coming in. And I actually just spoke with him last night and he was like, yeah, we're, the leads we're getting are so much better now. And, you know, they're continuing to come in more and more because, you know, it's not just about looking the part, but actually having all of the, um, you know, conversion rate optimization techniques on all of your service pages to actually get the, you know, the conversions that you're looking for. Wow. Wow. This is like jerking from a fire hose, man. This was amazing. Thank you so much, Austin, for coming on. But before you go, tell us again the name of your company and how people can reach out to you and your business. All right. So we are uh, Attack Interactive, A-T-A-K Interactive.com. I'd love for you to take a look at the website. Uh, we've got a, a a lot of stuff on there. Uh, you can find me uh, at uh, Austin LaRoche on, uh, on LinkedIn, uh, as well as uh, we do uh, some some fun YouTube stuff as well at the Attack Interactive uh, YouTube page. So you can uh, just look for uh, Attack Interactive YouTube. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we, we we've we've been kind of building out our video content a little bit more over the past year. So yep, that's where uh, that's where you can find me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And as every viewer of this show knows, right underneath the little blurb explaining the episode, the very first link you're going to see right above our sponsors will be for Austin's business. Austin, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your knowledge, man. I mean, dude, you really gave out some solid gold nuggets today. Thank you so much. And I love how you're helping businesses grow. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, David. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, sir. Take care. Cheers. Wow, that was an incredible chat with Austin, right? First, though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, anywhere that you dwell on the interwebs. Here at the show, we stress the three Gs, personal growth, professional growth, business growth, and it's all all about helping you and your business get to the next level. Anyways, awesome stuff, Austin. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise. Please check out his Attack Interactive about how they're helping businesses turn marketing into sales. It's really awesome, as you heard during the interview. Question of the day, what's your strategy for turning marketing to sales? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Do you want to be in the show? Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. We're uh, scheduling season eight and season nine right now. And if you're watching on YouTube, please join us for $3 a month. You can hit that membership button and become a baby shark. Every dollar in is every dollar that goes out, and we we love your support because it helps us reach more people. Lastly, I got to give a shout out once again to the sponsor of this episode, Stellar One Consulting. Again, if you're on an antiquated solution like S400, QuickBooks, whatever it may be, let us help you get to the next level. Break through the barriers preventing growth. Automate your systems, your financials, your orders, your inventory, all that good stuff. Reach out, David at sharkbitebiz.com or go to stellar1consulting.com or stellar1.io and check how we can help you get to the next level. You all know this by now, but I'll tell you once again I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. 
You've just experienced Shark Bite Biz with Dave Strausser. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Special shout out to our sponsor, an SAP and Acumatica Gold Partner Stellar Wand. Get off QuickBooks, automate businesses' processes, and have your business reach the stars. StellarOneConsulting.com or reach out to the show. Till next episode.